Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long taking you to 8 o'clock tonight. On our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line, Joe DeLeon, who is a uh, college and pro football analyst and co-host of Rafino and Joe Show. Um, Joe, thanks so much for joining us. How it is to work with Blake, man? You got to tell me. <laughs> I, I gotta say blake is one of the most fun people to work he with. he is uh, man i've i've worked with him for a long time so i'm just messing with him but uh he is he really does a great job yeah no he he's a blast and he's texting me right now as as we speak because he's live and I'm, I'm about to go live with him right after uh, right at the end of the hour but blake's one of my favorite people to work with former offensive lineman so me me and him get along along very well. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> built like that offensive lineman today. I shouldn't talk either. Oh, yeah. but, um, <laughs> going to the NFL draft, uh, Joe uh, Board, Jalen Carter from Georgia, clear-cut number one guy. That doesn't mean he'll be the first pick. Uh, I, I learned something from Bear long ago, that quarterbacks trump every other position. <laughs> and he is, I hate to tell it, but he's not here tonight, so I, I can say it. He is absolutely right about that. And It'll be interesting to see the evaluation because in watching Bryce Young, he I'm prototypical type on, on most of these players. There are always people outside the prototypical size that make it um, in the NFL. We, we see it all the time. But you can't build a franchise off of non-prototypical NFL players. I look at Bryce, and he came down to Manning camp, and uh, Archie Manning and I, we sitting on a golf cart watching, and he's throwing darts to guys that he's never thrown to before. We're talking about receivers from Nickel State and Southeastern and Tulane and LSU. He's so accurate, and he's so poised, and he's the five-star general out on the field. So Archie hits me and says, Mike, you know who he reminds me of? And he said, you won't have to look – up on uh, Yahoo to, to find out. He said, he reminds me of Fran Tarkenton. He said, wow. that, that's, he said, Mike, that's his comp. And you know, um, I hadn't made that comp before, but I, I'm old enough. I saw Fran play. Uh, I actually saw him play with the Giants and then the Vikings. So I'm getting up there too. But he, he's got a lot of similarities. And you look at all the quarterbacks in this draft class, if you're talking about accuracy, and mechanics and touch and the ability to move around and throw off the run and in the pocket, he's got that. He's just not prototypical size. and uh, But to me, he's clear-cut the number one quarterback in his draft class. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think that a lot of times as, as evaluators, we get caught up in the traits. We get excited by 
guys like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis and C.J. Stroud that are big and they're strong and they've got big arms and they're great athletes. And Bryce Young's a good athlete in his own right. He's just not as big as these other guys. He's like 185 pounds maybe during this season. He dealt with an injury, which is a little concerning. And he might not be uh, as, you know, straight line speed as some of these other guys in the class. But I think there's so much value in the accuracy that you talked about. I actually really love that. Fran Tarking to compare yeah, to because exactly. they both had really good pocket awareness and ability to just evade pressure and not allow that pressure uh, to save them in their decision-making. But the big reason why I'm so high on Bryce is that all those other guys that we can talk about in this class, like we, we can project and say, yes, they can maybe become really good players, but can they mentally be prepared to make the right decisions to make plays? For Bryce, I know that he can. And yeah, I don't think I any of those other guys in the class can ever catch up to him in how reactive and quick thinking he is. And not only is he reactive and quick thinking, but he's, he makes the right decision every single time more often than not. So I'm a big fan of Bryce Young. I think if you step in in the right situation, I think that if he bulks up to 205, 210, that, that size thing won't be an issue. And the guy like Drew Brees uh, played at a similar size. And Russell Wilson played at a similar size where – he should be fine. He just needs to add a little more weight, get a little more comfortable. But I believe that he is worthy of that first overall pick, and we can't get too hung up on the guys that have, you know, maybe are a little taller and have a little bit of a bigger arm. I agree with you 100%. Offensive tackles, um, it's an interesting group. Uh, Skaronsky, uh, Peter Skaronsky, now, man, Zach Streif was here. Man, he'd be all excited. Another Northwestern guy. Um, I'm not sure if he is going to play tackle in the NFL. I'd try him there. I'd give him his first shot. If not, I know he can play guard. But Paris Johnson Jr. uh, from Ohio State, uh, who's a wide load, and, man, he's got a huge wingspan. Um, Your thoughts on both of these players? Uh, I like Skoransky a lot. I think he's maybe the most technically – um, gifted guy that you could project to the tackle spot. But, man, you look at Paris. <laughs> he is some huge human being out there at, at that left tackle position. Yeah, I think both of these guys, at the very least, would be really, really good starting guards in the NFL. And for different reasons. Peter Skaronsky played his whole career out at tackle. And as you mentioned, He's got the length and the size concerns, but his, his teammate, Rashawn Slater, similar. You know, he made the point. Was that, similar. Yeah, it was similar. And he made that point, and he kind of proved where everyone was overthinking him and saying, like, well, is, 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 should he be playing guard, and does he fit better at guard? And then he immediately showed up and was a really talented tackle for the Chargers. And I think Skaronsky, the same thing is going to happen here. Uh, it, it's still a bit of an exception, though. I think that just because – a guy like Skronsky or Slater can do it. doesn't mean that everyone can, but Skronsky is one of those guys where he's just technically very sound. He's a really great athlete. He moves so well. Um, in terms of Paris Johnson, though, he played most of his career at guard, and yep. we know that he's got the demeanor to play guard. But this year at tackle, he was a little green the position. He's got the frame. He moves so well. His feet are fantastic. He moves so well in space. But you can tell – but he's not used to having that much room around That's him. That's correct. Part. I agree so with you. He's still figuring things out. He's still, he's still kind of getting comfortable. And I think that a guy like Paris Johnson, you take him somewhere around 15 or maybe even earlier than that, 
you're getting a guy who needs to improve a little bit in his first year, but after that he's going to be a really, really good starting left tackle if he can figure it out. Joe, this um, I can't compare another year with so many tight ends that I think will get picked in the first 60 picks. Uh, it's an unusual year that you have that many uh, guys, and I'm talking about maybe six to seven. Uh, I think it's seven in my top 62 uh, that play tight end. And so if you're looking to get better at tight end, this is the draft you want. And they got guys that will get be medium-round selections. I think that are pretty good, too. Uh, it's just one of those freak years with so many of these, I guess you want to call flex tight ends because they sort of pumped up receivers. But it is a really good year at tight end. Yeah, I think that this class has some talented names at the top and some really good depth. I look at Michael Mayer as the prized piece in the group. And I think lately there's been a little bit of over-analysis on Michael Mayer. And I think that if we start to realize just how rare of an athlete he is, evaluators and fans should know that he can be an instant impact player. He's the closest thing that we have to Rob Gronkowski coming out in the past few years where he's a big, big body. He's 265 pounds. Maybe he loses a little bit weight, a little bit of weight and gets a little bit more flexible, a little bit more easy moving. And he can block. Yeah. So that's why I think he compares to Gronk is that he can block and he's got great hands. He's so strong. He stands out. He's excellent in all of those things in my eyes. But outside of that, Dalton Kincaid is, is more of that flex tight end. He's a great receiver. He's good in space. Uh, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State's a great linear athlete, kind of like that Mike Gusecki type where he's going to run in the 4-4s, four 4-5s. Four he's just going to be a, a great deep threat. But then you go to a guy like Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State who is underrated in this grouping and deserves to be in that, that, uh, that day two discussion because He's also a good blocker because he played in a scheme that was very run-heavy but has some good athletic traits to be an impactful receiver. So the list, I think, can go on and on with guys like Darnell Washington as well in the mix. But so many talented players, I think, unlike last year, this is the year where if you're looking for a starting tight end or at least a contributing tight end, you're going to get that in this class. While I agree that it's a good tight end class, Mike and I have talked about this for a while, Joe. I think it's kind of a weaker wide receiver class, but I think it makes oh, yeah. up for no it question. by having a lot of depth at running back. Yeah. This is a really good running back draft class. So, But the top guy, everyone knows B. John Robinson, the Texas running back. I think a lot of it really depends on where he gets picked in the draft. I mean, he's Mike, you said that you have him as your 12th-ranked player on the board. 12th-ranked, but he's not going to go 12th. He's, he's not going to go. I think that number... The first one you'll see is the two's going to be in front of it. Right. So if he, goes, 20s if he goes in the 20s, how do you think that kind of affects the rest of the uh, draft class for running backs and where they go? Yeah, I, I think that, and it's a really good point here talking about Bijan, where he's good enough to go in the top 10, but I think position value has significantly decreased since Saquon was selected as high as he was. So we're now in the situation where I think a team's only going to pull the trigger on a guy like Bijan unless they feel like the rest of the roster is built well enough around a running back like that where everything's explosive on offense. You throw him into the mix, and then you go from being a good offense to an elite offense with a guy like Bijan Robinson. But if we don't have him going till 20, there's going to be a massive slide for some of these running backs. He talked about how good the talent is. There's going to be a lot of really, really talented running backs that fall to mid to late day three because of that positional value just not being as important as it's been in the past, but to that point, I think there's going to be so many players 
that can be selected to be nice pieces to running back rooms into this new style and approach to building a run game. Uh, guys like Sean Tucker, guys like Mo Ibrahim, guys like Ty J Spears. There's just so many great options. Zach Charbonnet from the options in this running back class this season. And man, I love the A chain. He's still running in that LSU game. Yeah. <laughs> Devin, Devin, man, LSU's yeah, still trying to figure out how to tackle okay. that dude. Um, I, I'll, I'll say, put your general manager's cap on. And Bijan Robinson's there when the Saints come up to pick in round one. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, I, <laughs> man, if if I wasn't the Saints and I'm making that decision, I'd say, heck yeah, I want I want Bijan Robinson, but – I think I think we can agree that the Saints right now have have, have a lot have more bigger needs. Yeah, 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 have bigger needs than running back, and I think it's more for a team like the Chiefs or the Eagles, the that Bills, Buffalo. I, yeah, yeah, like the Buffalo Bills are a really good example. But I think for this for the for the Saints, I, I really think that they need to invest in trading up to uh, to draft a quarterback. I, I think that. They need to put themselves in a position to do that if it's possible, and it might not be. It might not be because of the lack of assets from the, um, you know, the trade that they made made last season to go up and get Trevor Penning. So uh, it's going to be a difficult draft this year for the Saints, especially with the cap situation that they're dealing with. So you know, a player that I'm looking at, and Mike and I have talked about this player a bunch as well, and I don't exactly see the hype because I. You see him some games, he was incredible in college, and then others, he was just not very good at all. And now I'm seeing top 10 pick hype around this guy. And I'm really interested to see how he performs at the combine. I'm sure you already know who I'm talking about, Joe. I'm talking yeah. about Florida quarterback Ain't no Anthony way. Richardson. Ain't no way I'm yep. picking him with a top 10 pick. I just want your evaluation of this guy. <laughs> and what if, if this is, for me, this is the guy that I really want to see how he performs at the combine because he's got the athleticism to put, to put up ridiculous numbers. Yeah. And some team is going to just fall in love with this guy in the, during the process. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on him. I'm promising you right now he is going to put up some silly, silly yeah. numbers Absolutely. for a quarterback yeah, in the I'm, combine. I mean, that. There, there's going to be one drill we're going to be like, oh, my God, he did what? And then he's going to make a throw in the passing drills. We're going to be saying, wow, this is the first overall pick. I really think that the conversation for him being picked first overall is going to start at the combine. It, it kind of picked up a little bit this week, but it is going to be legit after the combine. My thoughts on Anthony Richardson – I'm not taking him before Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, but as we all fell in love, I wasn't one of these people, but a lot of people fell in love with Will Levis and were like, wow, Will Levis, he's such a good athlete, he's such a strong kid, but he's not really there yet. His, his completion percentage is poor and his decision-making is not great, but if he can figure it out, this is the next Josh Allen. My problem with him is he's 24 years old. He's old. He is old for a quarterback prospect. Why am I getting excited over Will Levis when Anthony Richardson – has higher upside, has better athletic traits, and he's 21 years old. He's a young, young kid. He's played one full season as a starter uh, at quarterback for Florida. I, I, I kind of see where you guys are coming from, not wanting to take him with a, with a top-10 pick, but my argument is, is if you're a team that needs a quarterback and you're willing to sit him for a few years, I think that you just have to look at the positional value and say, but we'll eat it, well, hopefully he can put it together in the next two seasons, and then he can be our guy, and he can be our – uh, Cam Newton, Josh Allen, dominant player like those guys. It's got to be the right situation. Yeah, because my thing oh, yeah. with it is, if you picking him that high, man, they have no patience. Nobody's got patience. I want to play him yeah. now. Now, again, well, Mahomes yeah. was in an unusual spot 
where they had Alex Smith, who was a really good bridge to him. Right. And so he only played one game as his rookie season. But that's not a lot of guys like that. The clamor is going to be, okay, you picked him with a top 10 pick. You got to play him now. Right. And uh, that. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, and my, my thought with that is for like a team like maybe the commanders that have a good roster and they've got uh, Heineke in place, like that's a team where the Tennessee Titans who still have um, uh, Ryan Tannehill there if he sticks around, or maybe they go and, and Aaron Rodgers wants to come and uh, be a part of the Tennessee Titans, or, or maybe Derek Carr goes there. I just I think that the right situation needs to happen, though. I, I compare this more to Patrick Mahomes than anything else because Mahomes needed to be cultivated. He needed to be uh, very slowly brought along instead of rushed into a situation that he wasn't going to be comfortable and ready with. Um, and that was you know they're going to be the case here with, with Anthony Richardson, a team that does not have a sitting quarterback should not touch him. Um, but if a team has a situation where he can sit, I think he's got a very high ceiling that if he's not rushed, he can be fantastic. I feel like my perfect situation for Richardson, I've told Mike this before, would be the Giants. I know that Daniel Jones is asking for a ridiculous yeah. amount of money, but if they franchise tag him and play him for a year and maybe let Richardson sit, Richardson is the type of guy that, I mean, we saw what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen, right? Josh yeah. Allen wasn't the most accurate guy out of college with Wyoming, but he had all the physical tools. It's kind of the similar thing with Anthony Richardson. But the fact is that we saw what he did with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had his best year of his career under Brian Dable. This guy is a quarterback whisperer. I think that's the perfect situation. Of course, the Giants don't have a top 10 pick, so they would have to trade up and get him. But, uh, man, I feel like if he goes somewhere like – See I've that seen him may be to Carolina. That, and, no, that's no way. Cause yeah, the pressure is going to be too much to play him. Right, as a rookie, and and that's not going right. to be good for him in that spot. One of the things I think people be surprised how many corners are going to peel off this board. What I'm saying from nine to twenty one, where you could see four cornerbacks get drafted in, in that time frame, Joe. Uh, I, I, I'm a big Devin Weatherspoon fan. I, I've seen him play so many times. I really, really like him. Porter's a really good player. Gonzalez, I think, is is a really good player, too, from Oregon. And I think that you're going to see teams sort of peel that cornerback position or try to make a maneuver to get one of those corners very early in his draft class. Yeah, I, I totally agree on the talent in the in the corner group, but I actually – I see it a little bit differently because there's so much talent at corner with guys like Joey Porter and Christian Gonzalez and Keely Ringo and Devon Witherspoon and Clark Phillips. We can make a long list of five or six, maybe even seven corners who could go in the first round or early in the second. I actually think that what's going to happen because of the talent at corner and without there being a consensus, this is the guy, this is the Jalen Ramsey of the class. I think that, a lot of teams might say, let's, let's wait. Let's see when the first one goes, and then maybe we trade back into the, the back end of the first round, or we'll take a guy in the second round, we'll trade up in the second round. I think that with that much talent, uh, it will allow teams to be a little bit more careful, but there is just so many good guys. If you're a team looking for a good starting number one or number two corner, you're going to be able to get that in the first round this year. No, I, I agree with you. I think there's two a cut on there. I think those first three or four, and then there's a little slip down. Yeah. And I think all of a sudden, you know, you get a coach or a GM say, man, I, I want Porter. 
or I want Gonzalez. Or, you know, hey, I, I want Weatherspoon uh, because I think there's a gap. I mean, everybody's got a different opinion on players. But I, I think that that may, be st- that may start a run once the first one comes off the board. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, too. But I, I, I totally understand the sentiment because there are some really talented players. And I can see those various traits on some of these guys. And I almost think that maybe like Akili Ringo is one that a, a team falls in love with because he's just – He's such a great athlete. I think that he's going to test really well at the combine, and somebody's going to be like, "Wow!" Like he might not be as technically sound and as consistent as some he's of these other guys. He's not focused. Uh, that I I, I yeah. see it. I see it with his eyes. He's not the most yeah. focused. Now, if you can fix that, then you're okay. But man, <laughs> uh, athletically, he's got everything you would want. Oh, yeah. uh, as oh, a cover yeah. corner. Oh Charlie? yeah, no, I totally agree on that on, on Ringo. If he can put it together, he's a very talented player. But the the awareness and the decision-making is a little bit head-scratching at times. Uh, and if he can tap into it, I think a team might think, wow, this is the guy. If we can get him to, to get caught up, he can be really good. Joe, there was one other player that I wanted to ask you about, a guy that I think is going to impress some people at the Combine. I think he already kind of impressed some people with his development over his college career. And that's another Florida player, Osiris Torrance. Now, Mike and I were talking about this. I, he's not going to be the guy that you can move across the offensive line. He is a guard through and through. He's not going to move to yep. tackle. He's not going to move to center. He's going to be a guy that you put at guard, but he's a run mauler. He's a guy that has improved in the passing protection. And I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on Osiris Torrance and what he can do at the Combine. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Osiris Torrance. And him at the Combine, first of all, he's my number one graded guard to just to illustrate how much I love him as a prospect. But he's athletically probably not going to have a very good 40 time because he's a massive human being. He's 340 pounds. He is so big and heavy. Uh, Probably not going to run very well. His movement might be decent for his size, and I think relative for his size he's going to move well. But uh, where I'm sure he'll be exciting is his footwork and how uh, strong his feet look in these drills. He's somebody who you watch him move around compared to some of the other interior guys. are just like, wow, that is a big, big boy. And that's somebody who I want to throw into my interior offensive line and create some massive rushing lanes because he's that strong and tough of a, of a blocker on the inside. Um, last one, Joe, uh, B.G. O'Jolari. Uh, I look at the Eagles, a team like Kansas City, looking for a little extra pass rush. Um, because I have BJ as, as a first round pick. It's late, but it's a first round pick uh, situation for him. Uh, your thoughts on BJ? Uh, man, at times he was dominant last year for LSU. He he's gotten much better playing the run, and I I think that part is going to be a big plus for him. That his run support skills uh, have gotten much better since he got to LSU. Yeah, I think a lot of times we get caught up with Harold Perkins and sometimes it was easy to forget about BJ Ojolari, but he, he plays kind of similarly to his, to his brother who yep, uh, came out much. a few years ago. And I just, you're getting a, a really sound starter when he's got really good instincts. So I, I think that Ojolari, to your point, we could find him somewhere at the back end of the first round early in the second round for a team that's just looking for a little bit of extra juice in their pass rush. Yeah. And uh, I look at Eagles, Losing a lot of defensive linemen. I look at yeah, Kansas City, uh, and you can't pay everybody. So I think that that may well be a landing spot for him. Joe, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Joe, Joe DeLeon, uh, who works with Blake Rufino.
uh, when the uh, Blake and Joe show. Uh, and so uh, talk about college and, and pro uh, NFL draft. Joe does a lot of work on it. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.